Welcome to the Events Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Taylor, and each week I talk with event entrepreneurs about how they plan, promote, and run their events. We help you build your events empire by growing your business using live events. Whether you're running community meetups, conferences, trade shows, IT training, music events, or literally any type of event, we focus on finding actionable tips that you can use straight away. The podcast is sponsored by Apps Events. We produce over 300 of our own events across the globe every year, from training to conferences, and we're now sharing our expertise to a small group of event professionals. There's a couple of ways we can help you. Firstly, we can run the logistics for your event. We have a whole support team who can handle all the heavy lifting for you. We can help set up your website and agenda, liaise with your speakers, deal with the huge volume of questions you'll get from attendees, we can liaise with venues, and we can come to the event to actually run it for you on the ground. Get in touch with james at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call to see if we can help. Secondly, I offer one-on-one coaching to help event entrepreneurs grow their events. I want you to get more attendees, produce epic events, make more money, and most importantly, to do it all with no stress. So just email me at dan at appsevents.com and we'll jump on a call. And now, on to the interview. Hello and welcome to the events podcast. Today, I'm delighted to be talking to Simone Vincenze who's on the call from London. So, Simone, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Dan. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, so Simone, I, I first heard of you. You were on a podcast called The Business Method with Chris Reynolds, who's a guy I know. Uh, a yeah. really good podcast. Everyone should check it out. And now I, I was fascinated. You know, you talked a lot about um, how you speak at other people's events, your own events, how you were an event consultant. So it, a lot of the stuff is really interesting, I think, to my audience who are putting on their own events, but maybe thinking about speaking and doing things like that yeah. as well. So I think it'd be, it'd be great to dig into your background and, and what you've done. Yeah, absolutely. Um, my background before starting my event company was in the catering industry. Um, yeah. You know, as any good Italian, moved to yeah. London, what do you do? <laughs> you work in a restaurant, right? <laughs> yeah. Very stereotypical. Yeah, yeah. And uh, with a difference that I absolutely loved the catering industry, I started working in my first restaurant when I was 14, I wanted to to quit school. Uh, that was in Italy. Yeah, when did you come to London? How old were you when you came to uh, London? 21. 21, okay. Between like the summer between 20 and 21 years old. Yeah. And uh, for me, it was an obsession, the catering industry. I love talking to people. I love customer service. Uh, and uh, I wanted to quit school. My mom didn't allow me to do that. <laughs> it's like, mm, a career as a waiter, I don't, go and study uh, but um i managed my first mission star restaurant when i was 19 and uh, uh, that's how i got the call to work in a mission star restaurant in nottingale right. when i was when i was 20. and then uh, after that because of this obsession i was looking at what other i was interested in starting a business i always love talking to people so speaking events was a natural fit for what I what I love doing, and uh, right. that's that's how we started GTEx uh, almost there. Yeah, eight years ago. Yeah, so so you, you're working in a restaurant. Did you start like I mean, did you start thinking about starting kind of an entrepreneurial venture while you were working there? Like, was this something you did? Like, you transitioned gradually. You looked at it. You you heard about events. You started looking at speaking, or did you did you kind of quit your job and and go and and do something? Um, th- there have been different transitions. I always, like since I was 15 or 16, I had the idea of opening my own restaurant. 
So I had the entrepreneurial edge of working on my own for myself uh, quite early on. Even when I was working in the catering industry, I was working with a lot of agencies because I like to experience a different level of catering. I didn't work in the same restaurant for more than six to eight months because I always wanted to learn something new. Yeah. And uh, so that uh, I think has been in me. Um, my dad has always been a very entrepreneurial himself. Even if he had a job, he started a few businesses before and it was always I'm doing extra building things. Yeah. And, <laughs> So I guess that's where the that's where it comes from in terms sure. of genes. Great. So 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 how did you start? Like, what what was your first kind of venture in, in the events industry? And what and, and how did it come about? Like, how did you see an opportunity? And what, what did you do in the beginning? I was a really and I'm still in like really passionate about the personal development industry. And I was connected at the time with a lot of speakers because I was attending a lot of events myself to to learn. So I was yeah. still working full time in restaurants, but uh, I had I started attending seminars and trainings, and that's where I got. Oh, I like I like doing this. Yeah. I was seeing people on the stage and say, "Yeah, that's that's me. <laughs> that's what I want to do. I don't know what that is, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> I want to be that." Yeah. Uh, and so that's how the itch started. Then. Uh, of course, at the beginning, uh, both uh, met my business partner, we're both 23, and uh, we both quit our jobs very recently. So literally, we had like a few hundred quids in our account, and that's it. So we couldn't afford uh, like a fancy venue. We didn't have any clue about running events because managing a restaurant and filling up an event, two different things. <laughs> uh, and so we ended up in a farm. Uh, we. I negotiated this room in this farm in Hackney, central London, uh, for seven nights for free. Uh, it was called the straw bale room, right. made with straw bale, <laughs> with like pigs around, smells of shit. And I can't imagine a farm in Hackney. <laughs> it's in the middle of Hackney. It's called Hackney City Farm. It's insane. Right. Uh, and, you know, it has pigs around, smells of shit everywhere. Uh, we spent uh, two months marketing our first event, uh, which at the end we had four people attending. <laughs> uh, yeah. Two were the speakers. Uh, one was my business partner's father. <laughs> and then right. the other person was the only person that actually attended the event, which yeah. we chained at the chair. <laughs> no, you're not <laughs> going to leave right now. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then uh, every two weeks we kept running an event and that's been for the past eight years without missing And did one. you have like, what was the plan? Did you have some, uh, uh, something you were sell selling to people? I presume it was a free event. Did you have a program or something you were trying to sell them? Was it, what was the business uh, Not model? at the time, not at the time. There was no business model other right. than uh, let's run an event. It sounds cool. And yeah. so the, at the beginning we had uh, speakers that we met at other events yeah. and uh, we became good friends with and they were coming down to support us they were see like two young driven guys and yeah. they, they wanted to show us their support and they didn't matter if we had five people or 20 people in the room that sure. was the, the the big thing and that allowed us to spend a year almost doing this without any business model in place uh, but just figuring things out and see where do we want to take this gtex thing and what were you like? What were you yourself talking about? I mean, because you didn't have much experience. Like, what, what what kind of things were you teaching people about? In that, in that well, time? that that was the thing. Uh, that's uh, at the beginning. Uh, I, I I wasn't talking. Like, okay. We, uh, we, we, we were we, we were hosting. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it, got it, got it. And uh, I think I did uh, in the first year, I did one session because I was passionate about spirituality. So I was teaching like some meditation techniques yeah. and some like, inner work that I found uh, really useful for myself. Sure. I, and that was it. But my English wasn't even that great at the time because yeah. all I could say was, you know, would you like your steak rare or medium rare? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> would you, would you want to order your dessert? So yeah. all my English was related to the catering industry. So it took me a good couple of years yeah. to get to the point where I felt confident to run my own sessions and actually people could understand what I was saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Great. So, so, so you did this, obviously you're presuming still working in the restaurants so you have some income. Like when did it kind of transition to actually being a business and to start making some money out of it? Yeah, um, I started doing contracts uh, for delivering leadership courses for young people. So I started right. working in school and that's where the bread, like money came from after I left the, the catering industry. Because yeah. I was still doing coaches qualifications, uh, courses on youth coaching, and that uh, I ended up working uh, after one year in about 150 schools. Great. And with different organizations and they were sending me in all the different schools. And that's what paid the bill and as well gave me uh, a great training ground. Yeah. You know, if you, if you are a speaker, the toughest audience you can get uh, is an audience of bored teenagers. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my business is working with schools after events. We work with schools on, on running Google training and things. So yeah, I know, I know it very well. Mostly we work with teachers, but we do do stuff for students as well. Uh, and, you know, I, I started working with students uh, from literally, we had primary school, secondary school to college. And uh, that was the best training ground I could get because. Uh, sorry, sorry, Karen. Yeah, I just say because it's just such a tough audience yeah, that yeah, yeah. if if you can uh, if you can have great sessions with young people, the moment that you teach to adults, pff, that's a piece of cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and and how are you getting this work? So, obviously, one of the things I guess there's a few there's a few different things I think people can get from your experience. One is yeah. like people are interested to start speaking at events. Uh, like, did you, were you getting this work through an agency? You said, you, you know, you'd done some, some youth uh, skills uh, courses and stuff. So you'd obviously got some training, but how were you getting this, this work, you know, working with the schools? Yeah, at the beginning it was training because it wasn't my industry. I had no connections. I had no yeah, idea yeah. about running a business. And so I you, had... You did the training course and then the people who ran the course kind of hired you to, to, to speak? Uh, no, no, no. It was, um, it started with, uh, it started with connections. Yeah. So I was at a course about uh, youth coaching and youth mentoring and one of the members of the course was involved in an organization and they were recruiting. So sure. they said, why don't you approach them? Got it. Fortunately, they liked me. And there I met uh, other people. And in the youth work, in the youth sector, it's very common. You have yeah. different agents, different companies that would provide work. Yeah. And as long as you're good, they give you the work. Yeah. And so... The, the other trainers that I met in the first company, they then made the introductions to the other five or six agencies that then I used later on. Right. Um, uh, up to the point where I started then building my first contacts. But that happened after two and a half years of good agency work. Yeah. It's funny, the, the power of connections, I mean, I've been running this business for over 10 years and as I'm, mm -hmm. I'm still working with people I met, I met right at the beginning 10 years ago now, yeah. you know, uh, guys I work with every day. It's, so it's, it's definitely... Um, you know, you can't underestimate just meeting people, helping them out. They help you out, you know. And uh, exactly. Like even my business partner, we met at a free event. Yeah. And we clicked. We've been friends for a couple of years. And then we started our company. And that's how we did our first event together. 
Yeah, yeah. So, so, so let, I'm keen to hear about your story. So, how, how you evolved to doing all these different things. So, you're, you're doing the youth coaching. Um, you're still working part time, I guess. You're, you're running events, you're getting speakers in, but you know, they're not, you're not selling anything. You're yep. just doing the experience. Like, what, how did it transition to being kind of a business? Obviously, the first step was you speaking at some events, but what kind of, if you can remember, like, what other things did you do after that? Yeah, after that, we decided, okay, well, we got to start making some money with these events because <laughs> otherwise, we could already see it was unsustainable after a while. So, we decided to launch a mastermind um, where we could uh, get people that, where that enjoyed our event to have a, a more intimate experience uh, with us and in particular supporting each other uh, our, our company is called gtex which is stands for growing together exponentially yeah, so okay. we, we are all about community yeah. and we said well maybe we are not uh, like these big speakers now to to tell you what to do but we can create a platform for people to collaborate sure and so we decided to facilitate that process and that was our very first program which was we're selling like 120 pounds for, for a year <laughs> of right. mastermind. And literally because it was so affordable, we had people throwing money at us. And, and that's how we grew the community. And the more people enjoyed the process, the more we're inviting others. And yeah. that's how then we started really that from 120 pounds, it went to 300 pounds, then 500 pounds, then 1,000 pounds a year. And that's how we kept growing this company with our masterminds and connecting people. So, so when you say run the masterminds, were you running like, I've been part of some masterminds, were you, were you running yeah. physical mastermind meetups? And did you have some commu some online communities where people could chat? And not at the beginning, that? not at the beginning. Uh, we, we only were meeting in person and then we had a WhatsApp group uh, at the very beginning. Yeah. Then it evolved in uh, all, online library of training and facebook groups over the years i think about three years in it evolved to that point but i'm a big fan that's why you know i'm i'm, I'm done with this lockdown man i'm uh, yeah, I, love, yeah, I, I, love, <laughs> I love people i love yeah. spending time with people so can i have an online business yes do i enjoy it mm. i'd rather be in a room with people yeah it's true that's, you know here here in, in Czech Republic, we're a little bit ahead. So as of Monday, so like four days ago, three days ago, um, bars and restaurants are open now. There's gatherings. Even this music event's going to be starting in the next few weeks. I think I think it's initially 200 people, then it's going to go up to 500 and 1,000. Yeah, yeah. So as long as people aren't crazy and as long as it doesn't come back, I, I think they're hopefully seeing the, the green shoots of, uh, you know, how I'm looking. Go. I am looking forward to it. And uh, yes, there is definitely a space for the event industry. And I think that what this situation has created is even a bigger need of people to connect with each other yeah and so then the event industry as soon as the like within the limits and the regulation but it's going to boom again yeah because people are done to stay at home yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm, and I, i'm the biggest one. i'm the first one <laughs> No, some people are going are going crazy. But I I, I want to I want to learn how you transition this business because from what I understand from from the interview with Chris Reynolds, this business now runs like well I guess pre COVID like two hundred events a year, yeah, uh, and you're like seven figures, and I guess that's a combination of of your own events and other events. So so what all the transition like? How, I guess first of all, you as a speaker, like how did you transition to speaking at other people's events and and running more of your own events? Like you uh, it, it, it happened. It happened naturally. It was yeah. something that I wanted to do. So it was a, it was on my mind. That was my goal. 
and when you are in the industry, then you connect with other speakers. Yeah. And a lot of the speakers that we were inviting to speak at our events, they had their own events. And after I think we were four years in, then we started getting good traction. Yeah. Uh, people were noticing us, uh, definitely were way better speakers than we were before. And because they're running, you know, four years of event, two events a week, having done a lot of training with people, now we had something to say. Yeah. <laughs> something were, that people wanted to, to hear and listen. And so I started, first of all, talking about, you know, creating something out of your passion. And that was like the first topic that I found myself speaking into. Yep. But then it evolved into business because a lot of people were saying, oh, but how did you build your company? How did you build your events? Yeah, yeah. And people were buying our courses to find their purpose and then ended up wanting business mentoring. So, <laughs> like, okay, we got to listen to this. And that's how we transition to then run our business training. But I'm a, I'm a big believer in never teach something that you, you are not the living proof of that definitely yeah so that's why i didn't talk about business up until i was uh, four or five years in because who am i to talk about it what yeah, yeah. do i have uh, and i wanted to feel congruent and so that's how we transition so a lot of connections then they say oh why don't you come and speak in my event i come and speak yeah. at yours and that's how the word kept going and also i'm a machine um i i knew i wanted to speak so i was approaching but sometimes like a hundred event organizers a week and say, yeah. can I speak at your event? Yeah. This is this is me, this is a video of a talk that I deliver. Would this be relevant? And that's how I end up having consistently for five years in a row about 200 speaking gigs a year, Yeah, um, which is what I love the most while yeah. running your events. And um, uh, many were you getting paid to speak? And I'm quite interested about how you talked about some of these events you know, you, you did for free and you sold your products. I've never kind of been to events like that. But, but first of all, like, well, some of them, did you get like a fee, like a straight speaking fee to come and present? Uh, that's not my model. No. Uh, there, were, there were a few moments, a few events even now yeah. where like if someone wants to give me money, I'll take it. <laughs> I'm, I'm no, not. Yeah. My goal is uh, the, in the speaking industry, you can decide if speaking is the end product or is the yeah. beginning of a relationship. Right. I, so for me, speaking is a marketing tool. Yeah, I am speaking to promote our products, to promote our services, to get known. Yeah. I'm not really it, like my primary business is not keynote speaker, and I w don't want to be known for that. Yeah, there are other people, which is another great business model. They say no, I want to be paid for the information that I deliver. Yeah, and that uh, speaking slot uh, is your end goal. Yeah, and get those gigs like they are two completely different sides of the industry, yeah. different sides of events, different uh, customer journey, different people you have to contact to get that gig, length, yeah. uh, different length as well in uh, negotiating the different contracts or the different deals. Yeah. Uh, so that's a, my primary part. Um, yeah. I, could, I could do the other, but I just prefer, my, my goal is to grow the community of GTEx. And, and what type of events are these? Like, because people are running an event, like, yeah. I guess they, they know you're going to present your products. I mean, how, how does it not turn into like all the speakers presenting all the products and, and too much of a pitch for the attendees? I'm curious how, how it works well, out. That, that's, that's down to the event organizer. Yeah. I can't yeah. control that. Sure. Because it, so if I'm, uh, unfortunately, there are those kind of events yeah. and I don't like them. Yeah. Um, on the other side, they work. Right. 
So uh, before I was very opinionated, way more opinionated about this. It's like, no, this is not the way to run events. This is not um, because if, from an attendee's point of view, it's true. Like I'm done. It's a pitch fest. Yeah. You know, you get 10 people over a weekend and everyone is selling their products. Yeah. Um, I think that this model is slowly, slowly dying down or reducing. And now their event organizers are more thinking about just like what's the balance between the yeah. content, the people that are selling. So then it feels that someone is at their play, that event, they don't feel like they're wasting their time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can learn something good. And if they want, they can buy a product. Got it. So that's a, one side of the event. Or sometimes there are events where there is just one presenter. So someone, an event organizer will organize an event for me to their community. Yeah. Uh, it's a one day. So in a one day, I deliver all the value. And then if they want, uh, so they get their money worth uh, or their time yeah. worth. And then if they want, they can keep working with me. Okay, if they don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. don't. So, oh, yeah, yeah. So, so, so some of these events, like a, a full day, it's not all just, not just like an hour or something in the evening. Sometimes it's like a longer session. Uh, it, it, exactly. It depends. Like you will yeah. have, you will have evening events. You know, that maybe are a couple of hours or um, two to three hours generally. Or sometimes you have a half a day event, you have a full day event, you have three days event. Um, again, this is down to the event organizer and their business model. Sure. Because uh, if you think about it, uh, the, the way the event organizer makes their money is from the commissions from the speakers. Yeah. All right. So if I go to an event, I will sell a product and then the event organizer gets 50%. Got it. But they do all the work. To yeah. get, they do the they do the, the most difficult work, which is actually creating the event, promoting the event, getting people yeah. in the room, making sure that people have a great experience. All I have to do is rock up and then do a good job yeah, there. Yeah. Uh, and so I think is uh, uh, that model, uh, or or you get people to pay a, a good ticket fee, yeah, and that event becomes sustainable, and then you go down the sponsorship route, and the sponsors exactly. put yeah. big part of the money. But if you don't do that, somehow the money needs to come in somewhere. Yeah, definitely. So, so I, get, I, I understand this is kind of like half the events and the other half are your own events. Like, how do you, yeah. like, I mean, have you, what, what kind of numbers do you go for with your events? Are you running big events or small ones or, or, or really is it, is it everything? Uh, no, at the moment we are running a mainly like a, a hundred to 150 maximum yeah. in terms of events. Um, few reasons. Um, it is a lot of work. To yep. feel like a really large event you know we're yep. talking about like six to 12 months just focusing on that yeah um secondly the costs are really high yep. to create a big event so you know i can just spend half a million <laughs> quite easily <laughs> for for a big room and so we decided to do more frequent events yeah but with a smaller room. And also um, another reason why we decided to go with that model is because uh, over the years, uh, we have built great relationships with venues. Yeah. And in London, venues up to 100 people or 150, they're quite common. So you can yeah. find a lot of them. Yeah. The moment you go over the 200, literally you have an increase, in, like the price goes, yeah. shoots up because there is less, less offer. Definitely. And, and the price is typically, I presume it's the same in London. It's typically like kind of a delegate day rate, like 40 pounds per person, including coffee, snacks, lunch, whatever. Like a, it's a rate per person usually, isn't it? Or, or maybe because you do so many, you get to negotiate a different way. Exactly. And that's where, where was our strength is. So we will pick a venue or two and we say, hey, we're going to do a hundred event with you this year. Yeah. 
so now the delegates rate all their rates they go off the window because yeah. we can provide volume and because also we are connected and we train other speakers then we are getting them on board so some yeah. venues they might get like even 200 events or 300 events in one year from us yeah so they really like our business and with with some venues we ended up paying like for an evening an entire evening like 300 pound oh, yes. for a five star for a five star good hotel venue but then yeah. we will spend like 50 grand a year with them yeah, <laughs> over the sure. course of yeah, the yeah. year so <laughs> yeah 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 it's all about the, the relationship definitely yeah and and your events are they free events because you're same thing you're selling your programs at the end selling your masterminds is that or do you ever charge for your events yeah both we use both so there are some yeah. events that are free which are more to for people to become more familiar with us uh, uh, see if they like our material and then if they want they can join the program or yeah. then we have other events where is a straight delivery so True. they will book uh, the ticket up front they will pay for it sometimes they can be like depending on the nature of the event we did event from like 10 20 pound a ticket to 500 to a thousand for a weekend yeah. and then um that pays for the training and pays for the time there got it and, and we are very open with everyone that attends it's like you know this event is free you're this is what you're going to learn and we promise that this is what you're going to get out of it yeah. you like our style there's going to be more and then you're going you're free to choose do you want to keep yeah. going or i think that a lot of events they can go south where you know they trick people into something yeah and then they find that there is something different. Got it. Yeah, and that's yeah. where people leave bad reviews. They live with a bad taste in their mouth. It's like, but I came here for this and now I'm finding something different. Yeah. Uh, we want always to be upfront because we found also that's the best way and people appreciate it. Yeah. And if people say, no, I don't want to come to a free event because I don't want to learn about your company, then they say, don't, don't come to the free event. It's like, yeah. <laughs> there, sure, sure. there are a lot of other events you can go to. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really curious because I'm really into you know I've I've got a virtual team a remote team um, you know ten ten of us and we're all, all mostly in different countries uh, I'm curious about logistically how you because that's a lot of I'm curious how you structure your team or how, how many people do you have in the team are they are they part time full time and how do you have a process to promote um, I mean I guess booking the venues you say you build relationships I guess you do a lot of that but but there's a lot of promotion. And liaison with to get attendees and and how, how do you structure that and how do you structure it yeah absolutely so we have about uh, in total in our companies we have about 15 people uh yeah. the event team is uh, five included myself yeah. uh, and then we will have uh, volunteers or uh, people or contractors that are coming on yeah. on the night so sometimes we have clients that they say okay i want to come and help out so they come yeah. in and help out as crew members or we have a core team that are paid to be there and they are either sales team or management team um uh, they, they, customer relationship team that they, they are they, they are paid to be there so that's how we manage it and is it so it's event manager that takes care of booking all the venues building the relationship with the venues and making sure that uh, you know we can keep getting those great rates and the venue is happy with us no, sometimes you to manage any conflict that there is uh, between the attendees and and venues now i i run this event and we had a great venue that then they kicked us out because we oversold an event right. um, the room was like 50 people and we were running an event there for a year we were paying 100 pounds for this like luxury oh, yeah. room it was it was gold 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 
and uh, we done this event and uh, instead of, we had about like 140 people that turned up because i was seeing all these registrations and i got greedy yeah. And that was nice. So I didn't close the registration. I said, well, you know, some people maybe are not going to turn up. It's a free event. Man, the, the show up was crazy. Yeah. And uh, um, we had this small boutique hotel. The lobby is very small. So we had about like 40 people crammed into the lobby that wanted to get in, that couldn't get in. Yeah. 60 people in, like 80 people in a room of 50. And then we had another 30 people that were queuing outside. Wow. That was a nightmare. Yeah. Um, it was how, a nightmare. How did you get through that? Did you just have to disappoint some people? Or did you try to run a second session? Or how did you cope with that? Uh, we had, first of all, to say, sorry, you can't get in. And then we contact everyone on yeah. the phone. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. That was that was a two days of call, phone call saying I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, and uh, that was a big lesson. And we lost the venue. So we couldn't get literally our venue cost quadruple after that uh, because it was just a crazy deal that we we're getting. And um, so big yeah. lesson learned, like don't don't get greedy. Don't get greedy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, right. I mean, that definitely, uh, you know, it's, it's a fine line because if you have a really packed venue, it can create an amazing atmosphere. A few people sitting, sitting down in the car, you know, in the, in the yeah. hall and things, it creates a great atmosphere. If you go too far, that's, that's the end of it, you know? Exactly. And, uh, and there is a balance. So we, we had that where, you know, you have people in the corridor or people outside that they wouldn't mind, but it's like 20 or 30. Yeah. Uh, we, we had this venue where we had like 150 turning up in a room of 100 people. Yeah. That we managed to make it work. Um, yeah. But having 130 turning up in a room of 50. Yeah. That doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really keen to know about your your sales channels, you know, and what yeah. the eighty twenty rule, like what what the which one is is working the best, like because and and how are you structuring that with your team? Do you have people doing the sales? Because that's always it's it's a hard question, you know, and and obviously yeah. there's a lot of manual chasing people, but but you're getting big numbers. Like, what's your main sales approach to get these people to come? Uh, to come to the event, uh, I found that there is nothing that works better than speaking at others' events. Yeah, uh, because uh, it, it just makes sense, you know, if you. If someone is already there attending an event, it makes it says that I'm interested in the topic and I'm interested in attending events. Yeah, exactly. Good point. Right, because it's diff it's more difficult to take someone online to come to an event because you you don't know who they are, you don't yeah. know what they're interested in. But if I'm going to speak to another event or one of my team members, like we had a a, a speaking team as well that they would deliver some of our trainings to other events to then get people. To promote as well our free event or to build a relationship lead generation and so on yeah and that's the what the way that works the most and that's the, what i'm what i want the, i always wanted to do more of yeah that's the 80. then we have the 20 part which is the consistent nurturing of building online relationships so if it is like having a lead magnet to to get like someone on the list and then saying you know what we have this event do you want to come along yeah uh, or calling, phoning people on the database. Uh, really, text messages we found that work really well. Yeah. Um, on inviting people, one great, really good strategy we found is to, you know, give it like a PDF or like a training on a specific topic um, for free, and then people will give us their phone numbers to get the training, and then we will send them a text message saying, 
hey, would you like, you know, you're interested in this training. We got more here. Do you want to come to our event? Yeah. Uh, it happened. It's, it's happening in two weeks. It's happening in three weeks, in a month, depending on. Uh, that gave us a really, really good return. And are you uh, using some, some software for that? Or are you just literally manually texting people back for it? Uh, well, a bit both. <laughs> a bit of both. So we use a, um, I use Infusionsoft as my CRM. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there is a piece of software called Fix Your Funnel yeah. that attaches to Infusionsoft and gives you, uh, you can create like sequences of text messages automatically, or you can create, you can use send broadcast messages to people that are tagged with a particular tag on the CRM, yeah. uh, or you can literally start sending text messages to everyone or okay. use that as a, a for phone calls so yeah. i like it because then we can create an account for our team because yeah. we had, was at a point where everyone was texting with their <laughs> private phone number whether it's myself or team members yeah. and they our team members will receive like calls at midnight <laughs> from from <laughs> attendees and it's like no that that <laughs> Uh, and are your team members uh, do you have an office or do they work remotely or how, how does that how does that all structure uh, we, we had an office if, uh for a year and a half and then was the biggest like waste of money that we could get big overhead yeah that's awesome. yeah because uh, uh i mean we got a bit I, I like to do we like to do things in big always and um we got this office for about like 30 people and yeah. they were just me and my business partner <laughs> so uh uh, but we liked it because, uh, you know, we thought that, well, we can run our training here. There was like a filming studio already built in the office. But I found after the first month, I, found, I forced myself to go down there. Yeah. And considering that it was 10 minutes walk from my house. Right. Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> I'm like, if I have to force myself to walk 10 minutes to go to the office, that doesn't work. Yeah. So we found a way more flexible way of working. A lot of the material, the event material is stored uh, in, in, in my loft. Yeah. Uh, got a big loft all the event material is there. And then because we run so many events, if we have to, when we when we put our team meetings with the team at the venue of the hotel that we booked, because then it means that, you know, if you have a, an event to book in the evening, we book the room for the entire day. Yeah. And then we can have our meeting there. We can, uh, we have the projector. If we need a projector, we have the screen. If we need a screen, we had a coffee or lunch. And because we run so many events, we're always in different hotels or sometimes in the same one. Uh, and that was a way be a better way to run the company. Got so it. we don't have a physical office space, everything remote. We meet physically when we can. Yeah, yeah, great. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much the same. So, so so, what are your other businesses? Obviously, the, the, these ones. You also, uh, what's the other one? You, you, you're like an event consultant to helping people run their events. Is, is that the other main business you have? Yeah, well, that, that's part of that event business. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do a separation because oh. they're very interconnected. I mean, I every time I go on stage and people are like, "Oh, I, I want to do that," I'm like, "Hey, <laughs> talk to me. <laughs> I can help you." Um, or I will connect with other speakers and I say, "You know what? I'm speaking at other stages. I want to run my own event." Yeah. So. Is a, that's also why I like this model because it helps me not only like my ideal clients are the audience and the speakers as well. Yeah. And by speaking at an event, I'm tapping into both markets. And if they, if they like what what we do, then uh, they we, we talk about we talk business. Then uh, uh, the other business that we have is a sales training, which is a totally separate company. Is a sales training for recruitment in the recruitment sector. Yeah. In particular, focus on training millennials. They've just joined. <laughs> that, 
Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it, they um, in the in in a lot of companies uh, there is not a lot of care in the salespeople that sure. they join their team. You know, uh, very few have have a very good induction plan where you yeah. get someone ready to perform. They're almost like we hire fifty salespeople. Whoever prefers well the first week stays, but yeah. they don't really give a chance to for someone to develop. Yeah. or to show what they're capable of. So that's what we do. We go in and we say, we'll take your salespeople and we get them to perform. Give yep. us the millennials and uh, we're going we're gonna to get them hitting the phones. And yep. <laughs> uh, so we have some quite large companies that we're working on that side. And then the third company that we have is a, is a small investment company. We have like four or five businesses that we have invested in. We are shareholders. We have a percentage in, you know, we put some capital and uh, also mentoring to help them grow but it's more like the, the idea is to grow and sell so yeah. we, we don't we only take businesses that start with the idea of selling not start with the idea of i want to run my business got it for the yeah. rest of my life are they are they businesses in the kind of events related businesses or, or different different sectors um in the recruitment industry recruitment most industry. in the recruitment industry because uh, uh our partner in that business which is my business partner's father yep. which is also is one of our is a, a non-executive director in in our company in GTEx as the event company, but also is a um, is a business partner in the investment part, okay. because he's a he's a really experienced in investment. I, I know I, I can I can generate sales, but I don't have the investment background, yep. so um, uh, he comes in and make sure that we actually invest the money that we have in deals or in businesses that are good to invest in. <laughs> Not just it sounds good on paper, or just because I, I you know, I, I'm a big people person. Yeah. Sometimes I get really excited when I meet someone I like, or I read that's two business together, and then after two months, I'm like, why, why have I done this? Now, what's the future like? What, what, what's the future hold for your business? Obviously, it's very much dependent on you, but it sounds like you, you don't mind that. You know, you like to go out and speak and meet people. But what, what, what do you like? Where do you plan on kind of taking it in the next? What's the next stage? Um, it's a very interesting question because uh, we are actually at the moment. Uh, so there is a, a, a big element of unknown on the business, which is we don't know. And uh, uh, there is it, it, things have changed so much that definitely what we, we decided to do. So I'm going to reduce the amount of live events that I'm speaking at external events. Yep. Um, that has been because, uh, you know, I'm always, and this is like less on a business level, but on a, more on a personal level. Being running like four events or three or four events a week sometimes, uh, yeah. and plus playing basketball almost semi-professionally. Uh, so I'm I'm always like either training or running events. Yeah. I don't see my wife that much. Yeah. And one of the things that I loved about this lockdown is that we actually, for years, for the first time in years, we spent like some really serious time together. Yeah. And I love it. Uh -huh. And I don't want, like, so I need to change things in a way around my life, yeah. To to create more space for me sure. and my wife. Uh, so having said that, we probably reduce the the amount of uh, uh, live event I'm going to speak at, and increase the amount of online events I'm speaking at. Yeah. And then still locally related, so I'm going to find communities that are still like London related, and then run our events but instead of running one like twice a month we might run like one every two months at the Got beginning it. and then we are going to see 
yeah. uh, we're going to see. I'm a big, um, I'm very flexible. You know, sometimes I say, okay, let's stop doing this. And then two months later, I'm like, no, let's restart it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm, uh, I'll, uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. It's true, you know, like I, um, in the beginning when I started my business, I mean, it's really global. You know, we run events in Asia, Middle East, uh, America, a lot, a lot, you know, and I, I was just always on a plane and I got really sick of it. But like, if I take the current period, like when I haven't traveled for like a few months, I'm like, man, I really want to get away and travel somewhere. Now, you know? <laughs> exactly. So, it changes. Yeah. Absolutely. It, it, I think it's, a, it's more of a balance between uh, uh, what I've realized that I love events yeah. and I love it more than anything else. And that's a confirmation. And at the same time, I really love spending time with my wife. Yeah. And uh, um, I want to do both. Yeah. Well, before events always took priority. Sure. And so I just, I want yeah, to make sure. It's, 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 a, it's a balance, isn't it? I mean, I, um, I took the family out. I, I had a lot going on in Asia last month. So I actually took a wife and I've got a young son. Uh, and we went out to Asia together for 10 months. We went to an Airbnb in Thailand. Oh, that's brilliant. It was great, you know, and I actually like that was a great thing because I yeah. even though I mean I had to do some side trips, I had to go to Nepal, to Kathmandu, I had to go a few places, Philippines, but like it's fine, you know. It was just a few days away, and then, like and they maybe, were coming back, you know. Yeah, where, where are you staying? Which part of Thailand were you staying? Uh, Bangkok, I was in Bangkok. Right. Yeah, I work one of the guys I work with, James, uh, is, is based there, so we were pretty central, you know. I've been to Bangkok loads of times, you know. So uh, we 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 went we went to Phuket. We had a week. We sent the beach for a week at the end, and a couple of other places, but. Uh, I love, I've been to Thailand once. I haven't been to Bangkok yet. Um, we, yeah, we run a business retreat in Koh Samui. Okay, um, yeah. Oh, my God. It's beautiful. The accommodation is amazing there. You know, you get amazing places for, for, for yeah. like Europe. The value for money is unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah. Simone, thank you very much. It's been a real pleasure to talk. Um, and where, where should people find you online? What Where should they go? Is it ggtex.events, I think it is it? Uh, yeah, so the, the website is gtex.org.uk. Yeah. So that's the website where you can find our events, our training. Um, we have a lot of resources. So gtex.org.uk. Or if you like podcasts, uh, we're on a podcast called the Explode Your Expert Business Show, uh, yeah. which you can find on any social media, uh, any podcasting platform. So it's Explode Your Expert Business Show. I do solo episodes or I have incredible guests uh, talking about uh, you know, the expert industry, the speaking industry, um, whether it's events-based or online-based. So Good. Fantastic. I'll put links to them. Again, Simone, thank you very much. Great, great, great chat. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.